0: Howdy folks! Welcome to Backlog Treasure Hunters. This is a podcast where we play through games we haven't played in our backlog to answer the most important question. Are they treasure? Or are they trash? I am your host and flamethrower pyromaniac, Kevin Savage. Hosting with me, as always, is my fellow video game enthusiast and expert proximity mind layer, Jordan JT Man. How are you doing, (laughs) buddy? I'm doing great. I don't know if I'm an expert at proximity mines, but if you give me a sniper rifle, I can
1: probably hit quite a few headshots.
0: See, I thought that I would leave it to you to uh, tout your own uh, sniper rifle proficiency, but when we were talking about uh, killing heavies in this game, it amused me that you lure them into mines. So I thought that was a little bit funnier. So have you been up to anything interesting? In terms of games, not
1: too much, unfortunately. I wish I was, but um, I've kind of just, dipped my toe into a couple different things far cry 3 has been my main for a little bit now
0: yeah a lot of my last week or two has just been far cry 3 oh i did get the platinum in this game so i'm i'm glad that i stuck with it uh i've started a few of our upcoming games not gonna say too much but i have enjoyed what i've played and i've mostly just been watching movies lately instead of games it's just been i just needed a little bit of a change of pace uh nothing nothing too interesting to share with the audience but What can you do? Uh, So, Jordan, what game did we clear from our backlog this time?
1: This week, we beat Far Cry 3.
0: Well, one of us beat Far Cry 3. That's true. I did not beat Far Cry 3. Didn't have the heart to. Yeah, well, uh, you play played enough that you know everything that goes on in the game, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Far Cry 3 was developed by, uh, is it Ubisoft or Ubisoft? Because I kind of prefer the latter. I
1: always want to say Ubisoft, and I I want to be correct in saying that, but I have heard people from Ubisoft, Ubisoft say it in different ways, and, like, people from that company. So I I have no
0: idea. I'm going to call it Ubisoft. I'm going to call it Ubisoft, that it's just funnier to me. So this was developed by Ubisoft Montreal. Uh, They're best known. That specific Ubisoft studio is best known for Assassin's Creed and Far Cry, so... Uh, I think they're also handling Watchdogs, but these guys are kind of the uh, open-world division of Ubisoft, as far as I could tell from their kind of structure.
1: Yeah, that's the same thing I got from them, is that they, and I I believe they only recently started using the more, like, open-world formula for the Assassin's Creed's. Like, I, I don't think Ubisoft Montreal has always done the Assassin's Creed's. I could be wrong, though. I think I might be.
0: Uh, I thought that they did. It, it doesn't really matter. They're currently the team that handles Assassin's Creed in any event. Yeah. So, um, the high-level premise of this game is a group of young adults are on vacation in tropical islands when they are kidnapped by pirates. And our hero, Jason, gets involved with local insurgents to rescue his friends. And that's modern-day pirates, folks, not the patch peg-leg pirates. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed, but... Mm-hmm.
1: But not too much, right? Because like they're they're pretty much eye patch and peg leg pirates.
0: Yeah, they're as close as you can get to eye patch and peg leg in like the twenty first century. I hope we actually play a pirate game soon, Jordan. I'm going to actually look into that. I'm going to add something that's pirate related to the backlog.
1: Yeah, this this scratched that itch for me. I mean, like you know, because now uh, for one of my projects, I started working on a pirate game, but that all came from like playing this and being like this is not this is not a pirate game this is a far cry with pirate skin on it
0: uh this far cry 3 was originally released in 2012 for xbox 360 pc and uh, playstation 3 and then uh later it was re-released on ps4 and xbox one in 2018 and that's the version that we played the uh, far cry 3 classic edition and yes uh, this game won a ton of awards when it came out, and it got a lot of attention. And it, this is the entry in the Far Cry series that really put Far Cry on the map, and it propelled Ubisoft into the kind of first-person shooter big leagues. This game was a big deal. When it came out, everybody was talking about it, and, um, uh, which is why it's odd that it's in our backlog. And if I'm not mistaken, Jordan, Far Cry is one of your favorite game series. So how have you not played this one for so long?
1: So interestingly enough, yes this is absolutely one of my favorite game series of all time and and the thing about the classic edition the why why I pushed for us to get that I have actually done all the classic edition stuff so I may not have beaten the game but I have done all the extras because that whole storyline the reason to get the classic edition is a hundred percent worth it and the it it was great i i'm so glad to do it but the reason i like the far cry games is you know every game has their own identity and they just go so far out of their bounds like i i can't tell you how many times jason has had an out of body experience in this game but it's ridiculous but yeah so yeah. far cry 3 i i started playing the far cry series at 4 and then I kept going forward and not back because I felt that Far Cry 4 was one of the pivotal games. I, I expected every game that was before it to be at least somewhat similar. And this one is, but there, there are differences and we'll talk about it.
0: Yeah. Oh, also, uh, tell them about your copy. Oh, I, I believe I have a UK copy. I think that's what we settled on. I think I it have, must be a Canadian copy, because my I, I, have, I have a UK copy of this game, because I live in the UK, and I, it, it my copy does not look like yours.
1: Yeah, so for everyone who is looking to get the game or um, trying to acquire it, I believe on Xbox One or PlayStation 4, I, I think you're right. I think I have a Canadian copy, because an American copy of the Classic Edition does not exist. Really? Um, I Yeah. I'm pretty sure that it was only ever released digitally for an American copy. Like, oh, it's very, I was very interesting about, to
0: see this. I was talking about the languages on the box. Languages, plural.
1: Oh, yeah, because it's... Um... Oh, man, now I need to go, go look at it, because I believe it's in French and Spanish only?
0: It's a very weird box. Uh, you, uh, Jordan, for the audience, Jordan took a picture of this box and sent it to me. He said, do you think there's something wrong?
1: Yeah, so um, the game says Far Cry 3 Classic Edition, and then under Classic Edition is Edition Classique.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's, it's Far Cry 3, the Classic Edition, Classic Edition. And it's just—it's really amusing. Uh, if if any of you guys order a physical copy, um, send us pictures of it, or at least at the very least, amuse yourself. Uh, far Cry Three is my dad's favorite video game of all time, as far as I can tell. And he sends me emails practically once a month asking if I've played this game yet. I'm not even kidding, and it's probably more frequent than that. And dad, I hope that you're listening to this episode. I hope you're happy. Uh, <laughs> So, well, uh, that's, that's truly interesting, too, because I have a theory about that,
1: but keep going.
0: About why my dad likes this game so much. No, I have run into
1: people who say the same thing. Like, Truthfully, my theory is, whichever Far Cry you start with, that's the one you believe is the best. Yeah, And I, I have yet to find someone who disagrees with that statement, because... Um, my roommates, same thing. They're just like, yeah, Far Cry 3 is the best Far Cry, and I've played all of them. And I was like, which did you start with? And he's like, Far Cry 3. I'm like, interesting? Okay.
0: So, uh, I, I agree with you in that uh, Far Cry 4 was the first one that I beat, but technically Far Cry 2 was the first one that I ever played. I got it as a present from a friend of the show, Christian Imber. But I never played as much of it as I wanted to because it's a 360 copy, and I'm more of a PS3 kind of dude. I have uh, as many copies, or excuse me, I have as many consoles as I can, but uh, I I always feel guilty for not playing that game as much because I really enjoyed what I played. It's way bleaker than this. And really? It's so different. And I'd really like to go back and play 2, especially after 3, but uh, the gameplay downgrade from 4 to 3, I don't know if we can stomach 2 because this game does not feel as good as the 4th entry. So uh, if we ever muster to play 2, I'm really interested, but like... That game, uh, it's almost like a hellscape in comparison. Like it's, it's in the middle of like war, to- it, the heart of war torn Africa, and it feels like it's just this inescapable mercenary hell pit. It's a really interesting setting. I've played Far Cry Four i on the PS Quadruple as soon as I got my PS Quadruple. Uh, so I've been interested in going backwards, and you've always been telling me to go forwards, so I finally picked up Far Cry 5 recently, but um, I enjoyed 3 as much as I could. I think a little bit less than either of us were anticipating, but uh, we'll move on from there. Uh, quick spoiler warning, uh, I'm going to say the story of this game is very predictable, but it's and that's not necessarily good or bad. But if you want to enjoy the story for yourself, you've been warned here. We're going to go through it real quick.
1: I can jump on that a little bit, too. Uh, If you played a Far Cry game, like a later entry in the series, this game, like, I predicted everything and I have not beaten it.
0: Yeah, everything that you think happens in this game happens in this game. And uh there are a few minor surprises but it's like if you've ever read an action movie script you can tell like two story beats in advance so i don't i don't think that that's necessarily a criticism of the game just it's just a fact of the game yeah uh so the story of this game is uh like we said jason brody and his friends are kidnapped by pirates while they're on vacation It this place is a fictional island presumably in southeast asia my guess is, like, near Indonesia or the Philippines. That's just kind of what it seems like. But I think that the natives have New Zealand accents, so I really don't understand what's going on. Yeah, but... I agree
1: with that 100%. I thought I knew what was going on here, but I realized how quickly that I was wrong. Like, even the people who, um, like the, uh, I want to say the agent or the, the spy, like, he's got
0: what kind of accent? Oh, um uh Sam, the like yeah. the, the guy on the second island, he's uh, American with a German accent. Yeah. And it does he not really make threw me for Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh we'll we'll talk about Sam a little bit because uh Sam Sam was my favorite character in this whole game. I, I really like the, the the portions with Sam in it. Um so uh Jason and his older brother are held in a cell and they're being terrorized by the local pirate king named Voss. Uh, who is played by the very talented Michael Mando uh, of Better Call Saul fame. And uh, they escape from their holding cell. Jason's brother is killed in the escape. But Jason gets away because Voss thinks that it would be funny to give him a head start. So uh, Jason starts running. And because Voss was amused, Jason gets away. And when he wakes up, Uh, Jason's been taken in by this man named Dennis, who's a leader of this local resistance group. They're called the Rakiat, And, um, uh, this guy is really intrigued that Jason escaped Voss. That's a really big deal to him, and it's a big deal to a lot of characters in this game. So, that Jason got away, it gives him a special status amongst people on the island. So, Dennis gives Jason this mystical tattoo that allows him to achieve his potential as a powerful warrior... And then uh, Dennis ropes Jason into doing some dirty work for the Resistance, and in exchange, he'll give him information about his captured friends. So it's kind of a, um, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of situation. Throughout the game, Jason gets passed between different handlers who have increasingly destructive and violent tasks for him. Eventually, Jason meets uh, this woman named Citra, who is the cult leader of the Rakyat, and it starts giving you a little bit of a different perspective on exactly uh, what the Rakyat are up to. But Citra can give Jason further power because of um, like spiritual drugs and visions that she induces into him. Uh, I don't like how frequently characters give Jason drugs without telling him what's going on. I think that Citra's is boss's sister, but it's kind of just mentioned and then nobody really brings it up again. So there's something going on there. Uh, Jason gets leads on his friends one of them's been rescued by this drug dealing doctor and then uh, uh, that becomes the base where all of his friends go after you've rescued them so you save one of them from a burning building when you fight Voss uh, you rescue another one in like a sniper mission he's about to get into a helicopter and you snipe all of the guards and then one of them's been chained up in a basement and there's some really bad implications about what's going on there and uh, it's very satisfying when you get to kill the guy that um, has your friend chained up in a basement. That was um, uh, a story beat that worked for me. Uh, so Jason is told that his younger brother was killed. So he swears to take vengeance instead of preparing to flee the island. So Jason kind of doubles down that he's going to stay until he's killed off all the pirates. And his friends are becoming understandably scared of him and very concerned for his well-being at the same time. So. Yeah. Uh, you eventually confront and kill Voss, and then you go uh, get passage to another island where you fight uh, Voss's boss, Hoyt, who's kind of the, the man behind the curtain. And you team up with Sam, who is this deep cover agent who has a thick, a thick German accent, but regularly like whistles the American um, national anthem and is always talking about how great America is in this like really, really, really funny way. I I just Sam really worked for me. He's the perfect Isn't character. it isn't his name Willis? Um there's a character named Willis. He's Australian. I'm trying, Willis. I'm trying to I think, remember
1: who, who Sam actually I believe it, I believe we're talking about the same character.
0: Oh, maybe his name is Willis, but Sam Sam Sam's my dude. Every time that you do stuff with Sam, like buildings are blowing up. He's just like, isn't this awesome? This is what I came here to do.
1: And yeah, this is that's totally Willis. And I'm cool with calling him Sam from now on because he's definitely a Sam. He's he's my Uncle
0: Sam. Oh, he calls himself Uncle Sam. That's the joke. Yeah. That's the joke. <laughs> but uh yeah, so you tear up this island with Sam, all of the missions with Sam, he just shows up and like he's he says, like, you drive, I'm on the turret. And uh he, so you yeah. te- you tear up the island, and eventually you get to Hoyt, and you kill him. But uh, Sam is uh, sadly executed uh, in a um, highly high-stakes game of poker. Uh, so it turns out that Jason's younger brother has been alive the whole time, and then he and Jason escape, only to discover that the uh, Rakia cultists have kidnapped all of their friends in order to lure Jason back. So you have to choose between siding with Citra to perform human sacrifice with Jason's friends so that Jason can become the, the pirate king of the islands with his newfound warrior nature. Or you can side with Jason's friends so they all go home after this island nightmare. So uh, uh, you did not get to the end of this game, did you? No. And I'm I'm looking
1: now that like Sam is... He's the one you get after Willis. He's like island to Willis. Yeah. Which is hilarious because both of them are pretty much the same character. I thought, is Willis the
0: Australian guy?
1: I think Willis is the Australian guy, and then Sam is the American. But they're both CIA agents.
0: Oh! Oh, no, the Australian guy's different. I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, Willis, you're right. Willis is this American guy who's kind of like your chain-smoking weird uncle that believes in, like, absurd conspiracy theories. And yeah. he's awesome. Yeah, both, both of the CIA uh, interaction characters are hilarious. Where, they, where he's just like, you don't believe that radios are picking up your like the filling in your tooth so the government can count the number of times you go to the bathroom? What kind of crazy kid are you? Yeah. Just everything out of his mouth is insane. And I love that
1: with Jason, too, because Jason's just like, I, dude, I don't even like you, man. I just want to find my friends and leave.
0: Yeah. i killed, like, like, 80 people. I'm just, I'm not
1: with it for conspiracy theories.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, some of Jason's interactions with characters in this game where he's just like, okay, okay, fine, fine. Yes, I will blow, uh, yes, I will burn down this marijuana field, but can you please just tell me where my friends are? Yeah. <laughs> So uh, if you didn't get to the end, you didn't have to make this choice. It was a very easy choice for me to side with Jason's friends. Uh, I really didn't want Jason to be part of this weird cult, because all of these people are awful. But I think that it's a stronger narrative conclusion for Jason to abandon his friends. But I don't think that this game does enough work to earn that kind of betrayal. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. Uh, What did you think of the story of this game, Mr. J?
1: I thought it was interesting. Like, one of the most notable things I can say is at the very beginning of the game, I was, like, hooked. Like, that opening sequence where you see all of them, like, doing their fun stuff and, like, having a vacation. I was like, what the fuck am I playing? Like, this is not what Far Cry is. Mm. And then the phone in Voss's hand, I was like, oh, 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 wow. Okay. That's what I'm playing. This is what I'm playing. Which uh, I, I, thought it's, I thought it developed similar to pretty much any other Far Cry. Like, you have your inciting incident where someone kind of has to die, and then you realize you're special in some way, and out of nowhere you now need to be part of this, like, extremist group who wants to take down another extremist group. And yeah, you,
0: you, need to, you need to side with a bunch of bad people who want to get rid of a far worse person but it doesn't necessarily make the people that you work with any less bad.
1: Yeah, and so I would say, like, in terms of the story, it was good and cool. I like it. You should play the game for the story. It's not something I haven't seen before, if that makes sense, or wasn't expecting.
0: Yeah, and I think that there are games that do this way better than this game. Uh, This game is, is interesting for what it is. I think that this game is not as smart as it thinks that it is. And I think the part of that is just because it's so long like you do 38 different missions and that's crazy long and maybe half that was necessary because there's a bunch of minor arcs that can just be cut out of the game and you lose nothing like if you could just get rid of that Australian guy and his like eight missions like there's nothing missing from the game and I think that the themes would be stronger. Just like in the game, as Jason rescues his friends, he's kind of sucked deeper into the power fantasy of being a warrior hero. And he loses sight of like being with his friends. And there's some really poignant moments when Jason is like laughing and cheering, shooting grenade launchers at pirates. And his friends are just horrified and disgusted. When stuff like that is happening and like Jason turns around, he's just like, isn't this awesome? And like these people are just like, no, this is not awesome. We are being terrorized. And Jason's like, oh, well, if you guys don't want to have fun and blow people up, then, like, go home. And all of them are just like, we want to go home. Help us yeah. go home. Please help us go home. All we want to do is go home. So that dynamic is really interesting, but it kind of feels half-baked because all of those moments are immediately undercut when you go back out into the world and you start burning people alive with flamethrowers or hunting man-eating sharks to make ammo pouches. and. Mm-hmm. The developers did a really good job of making the game this, like, fun, bombastic murder spree. But they also want to have their cake and eat it, too. So, like, sometimes murder bothers Jason if he's in a cutscene. I appreciate what they're going for, and a lot of the story works really well. But it's hard to pull off a video game story that's critical of violence when the game is a carefree open action shooter, like, 95% of the time. It's, It's a tricky balance. And, uh, like I said, those moments with his friends work really well for me. And that's why I want him to go home at the end, is because, like, he's done all of this stuff. Like, he can't just go home. Like, there is no more home for Jason.
1: Yeah, he's critically absorbed himself into a culture that he didn't, he probably shouldn't have. And so now it's changed his personality so much that this is his home now. Like, it's kind of the the same aspect of Far Cry 4 and 5 and new dawn where you're you're definitely not the person who would normally be in this situation and absorb it but you as a player kind of just do and
0: then it changes the character by the end and i do think that jason's arc is interesting and i think that he delivers on that the moments where jason looks at his hands and says stuff like who have i become and then you immediately walk outside and he pulls out his flamethrower and it's just like i'm sorry dude i can't take it seriously.
1: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
0: Uh, so let's talk about the good stuff. Uh, the great stuff in some cases, and that's the gameplay of Park Ride 3, because this game plays pretty good.
1: Yeah, uh, I was, well, now hold on.
0: <laughs> uh, we, like, we'll put a giant asterisk on that. Uh, but let's, let's cover some of the, the top level stuff. So uh, that tattoo that Jason has grows as he progresses through the game. And all of the like skill trees are themed around the different tattoos that he gets. So there's like the spider tree that upgrades his stealth abilities, the heron tree that upgrades his mobility, and then the shark tree that upgrades his strength. And all of those also have um, like upgrades to the stealth attack move set called takedowns which let you uh, kill enemies silently. And as you get more of them, you can chain them together and you can take out entire groups of enemies once you know enough of the takedowns. Uh, You upgrade your tattoos with experience points. You get those from uh, combat, taking outposts, accomplishing story missions, or doing quests around the island, like delivering supplies, rescuing civilians, hunting feral animals. And then there's some like themed challenges where you get a specific weapon or a requirement. And all of these also upgrade new weapons and, like, upgrades to your item storage and stuff. So the gameplay loop is kind of like, go out, do a mission, unlock a handful of new areas, climb up to the radio towers, see more stuff that's around you, and then uh, get rewarded with new weapons and things. And uh, sometimes it feels like you're a little bit stunted because there's a lot of stuff that's gated by the second island, and the game doesn't really open up all the way until that. Uh, So the movement of this game, you run and you shoot. If you're really unlucky, you have to swim. (laughs) But (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, The the swimming in this game is completely unnecessary. You're on an island, so you can't not have swimming. But uh, honestly, it's just you're slow. You can't jump. You can't shoot. You can't use your knife. So swimming is just kind of like prolonged vulnerability. So you also get to go around in vehicles. And all of the cars are surprisingly slippery and spin out if you don't drive carefully. So uh, just let me drive 75 miles an hour wherever I want to go. And the cars explode if you hit a pebble. So the cars don't (laughs) feel particularly good.
1: It's so true, though. Like, oh, my God. I hated driving in this only because, like, any car you drive has the worst traction I've ever seen on tires.
0: Yeah, even, like, the big heavy trucks. So, like, if you're driving a, like, eight-wheel cargo truck filled with stuff like it still spins out like it's a uh smooth wheels or something yeah did I tell you um about what happened with a deer no no tell me all about it it.
1: so there was a this sounds really funny because it's it's basically like what would happen on a vacation but I was um trying to get to a radio tower and I was in one of just like the medium-sized cars like just a car that is summoned outside of any outpost and um there was like a whole bunch of pigs like on the side and so i see the pigs i'm like okay cool whatever like they're not bothering anyone but then all of a sudden uh like they just start moving really quickly and then a deer jumps out (laughs) hits my car and swerves me into the ocean and i get eaten by a shark
0: it's what happens. That's that's like 80% <laughs> of this game is you're driving in a car, and it either explodes or it throws you off a cliff. And yeah. your driving experiences in this game are, uh, I give a big thumbs down to the road safety of Rook Islands. Like, yeah, I didn't even have skies. my
1: seatbelt on. Like, come on, game.
0: Uh, they need to pave their roads. Oh, so then there's also water vehicles, which I think are actually much better for the most part. And... Uh, the unfortunate thing is for a game that's set on an island with a lot of major rivers, uh, there's surprisingly few water vehicles and they're pretty underutilized. So if they'd been a little bit more abundant, I, I would have liked that a little better. Did you have a favorite vehicle, Jordan? Was there one that you got excited when you saw? No, there
1: there's uh, that's the thing about Far Cry games, too, is like I really should like the vehicles, but I never really do. So many of my friends always end up saying things like, dude, this vehicle was tight. This vehicle is all I used. Like um, in Far Cry 4, the tuk-tuk, amazing.
0: Yes. (laughs) I'll
1: I'll jump in a tuk-tuk every time. But for this, I didn't have that kind
0: of experience. Uh, I've been to China with my wife to visit my sister-in-law when she was uh, teaching English there. And um, there are few things more radical than taking a tuk-tuk as a taxi. You just, like, you stick your arm out on the road and a, um, a dude pulls up and you climb into the back of this tuk-tuk and he throws it around like a, um, like a shopping cart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> as you're
0: one to do. Like, you gotta. It's a tuk-tuk. <laughs> Getting a tuk-tuk. Uh, so I do have a favorite vehicle in this game. Okay, that's the jet ski. The jet ski. Okay. Yeah. Anytime, anytime that there was a race mission and it had a jet ski as the primary vehicle, I would do it because it was like playing wave race. I just jet skis are really amusing to me. I don't know why. I just I really like jet skis. That's fair. You're allowed to have that. So uh, really, really, really late in the game, you are given a flight suit and a parachute that kind of let you glide around at will if you jump. The only thing about that is that they're immediate. As soon as you get them, you can feel their absence from the early game. And in Far Cry 4, you're basically given those uh, after the opening cutscene plays. So you just get the whole game to develop your rhythm as you kind of like glide across valleys and you jump off of mountains and you save yourself at the last second. And it just it becomes part of your movement as a whole. But in Far Cry 3, you just get it way too late. And like I said, it just makes the rest of the game feel like you were missing that. It's like playing Mega Man X without the dash ability.
1: Yeah, that's specifically a thing that I think is a little bit better in Far Cry 4. Because you just get the wingsuit so much earlier. Or you have access to it, at least. And you're right. like When you change that kind of rhythm... it. It doesn't really, like, screw your gameplay, but it's just, it's meaningless. Like, add it earlier so that you can develop it earlier.
0: Yeah, and it lets you get around. And this brings us around to, I believe, both of our greatest gripe about this game. Jordan, could you please explain to our audience uh, the falling in this game? If I have to fall down one single
1: stair again and then die, I swear I'm going to throw my controller out the window.
0: Uh, I I almost turned my game off a few times. So in this game, if you fall down, you take heavy damage, which is stupid. And I'm not even kidding. If you fall six inches, Jason will die. Yeah, straight up. Like, he can
1: be in a firefight and take 90 bullets from a heavy heal himself multiple times but as soon as he steps off a ledge dead
0: dead. and it would, <laughs> it would be funny if it was not so obnoxious and yeah. you can and you will die frequently from this and for some awful 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 reason you also take falling damage while you slide down hills so there's no saving yourself it's just so obtrusive it's too obtrusive
1: yeah, and honestly, so there's another part of this game that I think is, it, it's not bad because they fixed it in later games, but the the response of when you do something is just a little bit too off. Like, it feels like there's two seconds between a button input and the action it provides.
0: I felt right? like that with everything. With switching weapons, with using health uh, kits and stuff, just like, it always feels like there's a second delay.
1: Yeah and sometimes i found myself to where the buttons just did not function correctly because i think that it was trying to parse a different function from another button so oh. i'd be in the middle of a firefight i would have pressed the button to switch my weapon and immediately try to heal after but it wouldn't heal because it's still like trying to finish the the process of switching the weapon and i had it, this
0: problem Every time Jason was on fire,
1: yeah, yeah, that's a perfect example. Is when you're trying to like be on fire, um, if you have if you're doing literally anything else, like you just won't be able to put out the fire because it takes too long for the game to receive any kind of uh, response from putting out a fire
0: two of the most frequent kinds of death in this game are related and that is a vehicle exploding which often kills you or a vehicle exploding and you get out at the last second and then the vehicle only sets you on fire and then you die from being on fire yeah and the other most frequent thing that you die from is falling and that also applies to vehicles falling and if a car falls over a certain distance it explodes and hits the ground
1: yeah absolutely Yeah, that's
0: kind of why I just didn't even use many
1: vehicles as well, is they're very fragile.
0: uh, Jason and vehicles in this game are very, very, very vulnerable to gravity. They've got like a times four weakness to gravity. (laughs) Uh, So uh, combat in this game and weapons, I think that it all feels pretty good. Like the weapons feel punchy. I always felt like the outposts were well-designed for any kind of approach. Combat feels really open and kind of like do-it-yourself, and I, I appreciate that about this kind of game.
1: Yeah, straight up, play the Far Cry games, if anything, for the outpost gameplay. Like, that's so... I don't know how many outposts I completed, but I think almost all of them for the first island, because it's just so fun. Like, you, you go to a radio tower, open up the world a little bit, and you're like, all right, well, this area I can hunt a new animal for... A little bit of upgrading, but what am I going to do next? I'm going to hit up an outpost. I'm going to start killing people. I mean, because that's the gameplay loop anyway. But the thing about it is the outposts themselves are really, really, really fun to go about. And I'm biased because I only ever do outposts with long-range weapons. I'm playing Sniper Simulator, the game, when I (laughs) play A Far Cry. A bow, a, a rifle, and maybe a flamethrower... Are just the sweet spot I always have, and picking people off from a, a distance feels so good in this game.
0: Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. Honestly, the sniper rifles in this game make me understand why people like using sniper rifles. Yeah, it's the the snipers just feel really good. Oh, so uh, like you just said, there's kind of your standard variety of weapons and minor upgrades: pistols, machine guns, shotguns, snipers, bows. And then you get your standard assortment of explosives. So you get like proximity mines, uh, like C4, where you can remote detonate it. So if you see a guy coming around a corner, you press the explosion button. Um, Then you get grenades and molotovs. And then later you can craft arrows to have fire or explosive properties. And that's kind of my speed. That's what I want. I want a bow that shoots a grenade. Uh, I don't know why that's more satisfying than throwing a grenade but it's just they they add stuff like that for people like me.
1: Yeah it's that weird precision you get to have when because every grenade has an arc for some reason like mm. game designers fix this please my god not every grenade throw is exactly the same like it, it it's not you chuck it over your shoulder you can like roll a grenade you can throw them like a baseball it's not just like
0: fire on the hole you say that but have you ever played zelda skyward sword i played a little bit of it they added a feature where that is called bomb bowling oh okay that's different come on it's absolutely miserable there is nothing worse then, like, if you are sitting down, you can't do it. You must stand up and use the Wiimote like you're playing flea bowling <laughs> so you can roll it on the ground. So don't, don't ask. Don't ask for the ability to roll grenades. I would love to
1: roll a grenade. I, I stand by what I said.
0: You're wrong, and you <laughs> will continue to be wrong. So with your kind of bread-and-butter weapons, like your machine guns and pistols and whatnot... Uh, you can modify them with different attachments so like you can get a red dot sight or a silencer or an extended mag- magazine and it's nothing too fancy but you can also apply paint jobs to your weapon which is real neato and I've got a quick question for you Jordan mm-hmm. Did you notice anything missing from the weapon skins Gold Yes where is solid Where gold? the
1: where is solid gold I <laughs> I love how I just immediately have the answer because I don't think we've ever talked about this at all. But my God, where
0: is gold? Like, I yeah, it. I want every gun I shoot to be gold with no exceptions. A hundred percent.
1: Give me diamond crusted as well as gold if you can, but
0: gold is the standard. Gold it's called is the standard. A gold standard. Yes, you're absolutely right. If you can paint your weapons in a video game. Gold must be an option. It's absolutely non-negotiable. I want solid gold weapons.
1: Agreed completely.
0: <laughs> so, uh, I am pretty sure that I already know the answer to this question, but what is your weapon of choice in Far Cry 3, Jordan? <laughs> the bow and
1: arrow. Really? <laughs> Technically. Um, for some reason, the game's ammo economy is just bad. It, it In every single stage of the game, and I was playing it, like, I wouldn't say capacity, but... Like, I've played a Far Cry game before. I know the gameplay loop of how you upgrade stuff. And there was never a moment where I had not the fully upgraded ammo pouch for the weapons I had.
0: Correct. The right way to play the game.
1: Yeah, and I still found that every single time... I mean, I'm sure the game wanted me to play a different set of weapons, of course. But I just never had enough sniper rifle ammo. And this is, like, from someone who is... Regularly getting all the kills I need to, going through fights with fully stocked ammo, and the bow and arrow, while it still got the good mechanic of you shoot an arrow and you can pick it back up, still found myself not having enough arrows to do certain things. And so the ammo economy just always was, like, one upgrade behind. Yeah, I would go into an outpost, and by the end of that, like, whole fight, like, if reinforcements were called, no matter what, I would just be looting a body for an AR and just ending it that way.
0: Yeah, and just having to deal with the fact that you're now using the AK-47, which is unfortunate. Uh, So my absolute favorite weapon in this game is the 1887 shotgun. It is so cool to use a lever-action shotgun in a video game. And in my opinion, everybody gets the quote-unquote cool of shotguns wrong. I don't want a Sawn-Off double barrel. I want a long-barreled lever-action that has a Damascus steel finish that lets me alternate between slugs and shot freely. But sadly, that's not the world that I get to live in. And I don't get it. like, give me lever-action shotguns in every video game. I want them in everything. Is that the... Basically, the elephant gun from Far Cry 4. I can't even remember. I don't think I dabbled in shotguns in Far Cry 4 because the assault rifles are just tuned so well. Oh, Oh, and in Far Cry 4, you permanently have a pistol slot that they let you use a grenade launcher for instead of a pistol. So, like, I just ended people with the grenade launcher. Like, that just became my bread and butter.
1: Yeah, I've never understood that. Like, a pistol is a sidearm that you Hmm. probably would normally carry on your hip. I don't know how in any capacity that can also be swapped out for a
0: grenade launcher. <laughs> but it's perfect, and honestly, you get to fly helicopters in Far Cry 4 and use your sidearm while piloting them. So you just get to fly over people and blow them up with a grenade launcher. <laughs> yeah, that's just bananas. Oh, it's so, so good. So, so you never actually uh, used the elephant gun in Far Cry 4? That's a fifty caliber rifle. Uh, I don't know if they are the same. I can get Far Cry four out later this evening and take a look at it uh, yeah it's it,
1: it's just wonderful to watch like a single shot into an enemy literally blow them back like nine feet
0: oh but the so if if it's my understanding of an elephant gun, it's a fifty caliber rifle i'll check i'll I'll look at that but um. The, the shotguns in this game, like Ubisoft Montreal, they really went the distance because shotguns in this game feel like, um, they almost feel like real life shotguns, where you can hit things that are further than five feet away from you, and just like, what a twist. What that's so, nice. I love the shotguns in this game, you can end a whole squad of buttholes with one shot each, and <laughs> uh, accidental headshots uh, that you get from the shotgun spray give you extra experience points, so just sign me up. Uh, 100%. Did you- Did you mess around with the boomsticks in this game? (laughs) (laughs) I
1: don't think I did. Um, Maybe at some point, like I got a few, but to me, whichever ones I picked were just too slow for uh, my gameplay. So I, and my close range weapon is almost always
0: a flamethrower, so, or a
1: rocket launcher.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, I rarely use the rocket launchers in these games. I, I'd rather pick up a grenade launcher because I think that the arc is a little bit more useful. Like, I like something that has a little bit of a delay to it for some reason. Oh, so I've got a quick criticism of this game, which is that stealth is king in Far Cry. And as you get better at the game and you get further in, just like bows and takedowns are the optimal solution for just about everything in the game. But I wish that you weren't punished for not using stealth. If you take an outpost without being seen, you get 1,500 experience points, which is a good chunk of change. Mm -hmm. But if you take it the fun way by force, like if you show up and you just start shooting people with your shotgun, uh, and you make a bunch of noise, they call in reinforcements, the battle's prolonged a little bit, and then you only get 500 experience, which is, I don't think, it's the wrong kind of reward system for me. And I just, I don't really like that. I wish that the game didn't reward so heavily in one way and almost punish in the opposite direction. Yeah, and
1: it's difficult to kind of put your finger on why in reality because, so I play, you know, long distance. I play ranged, and to me, that's probably why I was doing so well is because my preferred way of playing is technically just better than someone else's preferred way of playing because I I don't get caught very often. I, I pick my targets very, very well and consistently because i mean the game even tells you who you should kill first so yeah. that you don't alert everyone and then get reinforcements called and you can efficiently do that and it's so simple that i feel if you came in with like a shotgun and an ar that you're just at a, at a severe disadvantage instead of playing it safe which you know you're right i don't like that i don't think that you should ever be punished for having a different style of play
0: yeah, so you do get siloed into it. Like, I've played Far Cry 4 before, so uh, my my loadout in this game was a bow, a sniper rifle, and, like, an assault rifle that had a, a silencer on it. Because at the end of the day, if you're taking an outpost, like, you need to take it without being heard. 100%. Uh, it, it's it's not the way that I like to do this, to, like, camp out on a, uh, a cliff and shoot everybody in it. If you... Want to play this game the best way, the optimal way? You kind of have to do that, and I would much have rather—I would have much rather just like driven in on a Dune buggy, hopped out, shot everybody with my shotgun, and then went about my business. It's—it's uh, it's a minor complaint, but uh, the game feels good no matter what you're doing. And uh, honestly, uh, the the outposts are just the the highlight of the game for the most part. There's also a minor crafting angle to this game, uh, and I think that's to make it feel a little bit more open-ended than it actually is. So, uh, like Jordan has mentioned, you craft ammo expansions from animal pelts. So, like, you do kind of, like, dangerous hunts where there's a black panther roaming around, and you kill it with a sniper rifle or whatever. And uh, once you kill that panther, then you can upgrade to, like, the best uh, grenade carrying pouch or whatever it is. And then uh, you can also make, like, medical syringes from the local flora. And it's kind of fun to dabble in them, but They're all kind of, like, one-use or completely useless. So, like, there's stuff that's, like, deal double damage to animals. You only ever use that when you're doing the hunt missions, and that's not going to help me late in the game when I'm, like, blowing up buildings with Sam. And then there's one that lets you breathe underwater for longer, and I don't understand what that's for. I don't understand what situation you need that in. Yeah, I can
1: only imagine that, like, maybe some lakes have... um like secrets way deep down but at the same time whenever you open a chest there's only two kinds of things you can get and that's like a different color leaf for making medicine or something that you sell like it doesn't matter whether it's a shark like necklace or heroin <laughs> or money It it's yeah. just money at, at some point it boils down to that so yeah at some point in the game I, I mean I think I stopped playing with like six upgrades available to me because I didn't feel any upgrade past what I had was valuable
0: yeah and I mean I, I maxed out all of the different uh ammo pouches and things because you might as well like you're already playing the game if you drive past a bunch of like uh pigs you might as well get out skin them because like five or six different upgrades require like three pig belts. so that's just how you're gonna play the game but I wish that it had either been a little bit more dynamic or that um, the crafting had gone a little bit further. I don't really like crafting in games that often, but uh, this kind of just... It feels um, feels like it's a step for the sake of adding steps. Yeah,
1: and they did it... I mean, they've dabbled with crafting in pretty much every Far Cry game, and they get it right in some, get it not right in others. Like... I know lots of people uh, dunk on Primal, but Primal had a great crafting system. Like, you just craft all the time whenever you want even in battle. And that's important because you don't have many you don't have guns. You have spears and uh, bow and arrow and all that kind of jazz. And so you need to be able to have those kinds of things readily available to you. And you do. like The the crafting is so fluid and good in Primal versus this game. It's night and day, but there, there are good ways to do it, and there are bad ways to do it. I don't think there is a right way to do it.
0: it to me, like I just said, it just, it just feels like it's extra steps. Like, you open up the menu and you craft six more um, medical syringes, because that's all that your syringe slots are good for, is so that you never die. <laughs> Occasionally, stuff like the uh, like take-no-fire damage is useful when you're running around with a flamethrower or Molotov cocktails. For the most part, like, I would rather have 12 heals than anything else. The story missions are a little bit of a mix-up, like we've been talking about. The outposts are kind of the meat and potatoes of the game. But you get different story missions that are sometimes longer, or you get more interesting objectives. So in one of them, uh, you have to use a flamethrower to burn marijuana fields that Voss's pirates maintain. And it's amusing, because Jason gets really stoned while he's burning it, and is like, Whoa, man, this is awesome. I should do more of this. And it's just (laughs) funny. Like You you can't help but, but giggle. Uh, and other ones, like you go into the ancient Chinese ruins that the um, like Chinese emperors built out in these islands that have these powerful magic artifacts in them that you uh, that lead you to a mystical dagger that's important to the rakiat like cult rituals. But they don't really dabble in the spiritualism as, as much as I would like, except in the LSD scenes. Where uh, Jason hallucinates fighting monsters and demons and has imaginary conversations with characters who are like, they'll like splice together like Voss, but you'll hear Citra's voice come out of them. And that's, that's my, that's my cup of tea with this game. I like when it's crazy. Oh,
1: 100%. Like, play this game if you want a crazy game, because you will have a crazy time, guaranteed.
0: Yeah, anytime Voss is on screen, you're gonna have a good time. (laughs) Did you have
1: a favorite mission? Yes. Yes, I did. I had a set of favorite missions. So, um... <laughs> the grand... I play Far Cry games now, and this is the reason why we got the classic edition, for all of the Herc missions. Oh, I didn't do a
0: single Herc mission.
1: Oh, I dude, that's the reason why we got the classic edition, is because it's basically... So, for you listeners at home, if you want to get Far Cry 3, there are two different... Well, there's a couple different versions, but Uh, It all depends on one specific aspect. If you want to get the original Far Cry 3, just get Far Cry 3, because that comes with the multiplayer and the co-op. If you get the Far Cry 3 Classic Edition, it leaves out the multiplayer and the co-op, but you get all the Herc missions. And I think that that is absolutely a good trade. I will take that trade every day, because Herc's missions are absolutely perfect. Kevin, would you like to know the first thing that you do with
0: Herc? I would. I have not played any of the Herc missions. You blow up a monkey. What? (laughs) (laughs) The first thing that you
1: do is Herc calls you on your phone and he's like, yo, I need help with something. And you find out, like, as soon as you meet him, that Herc has strapped C4 to his monkey <laughs> friend. And he is like, oh, God, I actually got to, like, I, I can't let this monkey go into, like, an outpost. Or else mm. he's going to blow himself and many people up. And then he's like, the only thing I can do right now is blow up my monkey. And so he, he set, like, literally presses the trigger. And you see an explosion. And he's like, sorry, little bud. Goodbye. And then the oh. monkey, like, comes up to you. And he's just so relieved. It's so perfect. Uh, I play every Herc mission from every Far Cry, and they're golden every time. Um, for anyone who needs to know about Herc, he is in every Far Cry game. Um, well, I wouldn't say... He's in every Far Cry after 2. So three, four, five, New Dawn. And Primal.
0: He, he's in <laughs> like, Primal.
1: He's in Primal. He has an ancestor called Erky instead of Oh, Herc that's
0: Herc. funny. I and like it's that.
1: exactly that's... Herc. And it's so great. Because the the concept of Herc is that he is a, an idiot. Like, he is a dangerously stupid person. And that's just the perfect kind of character for a game <laughs> like this. Because he gets you into stupid, dangerous stuff. And he doesn't get you out of it. He just gets you deeper into it.
0: I might go back and play those. That sounds amusing.
1: You absolutely have to. Like, he's just nonsense. He's nonsense and the reason why you should play this game for anything else, if anything. It just, it's his delivery, too. Like, he he has really, really bad ideas all the time. <laughs> um, in Far Cry Primal, I believe... He, so he has a couple ideas. And the biggest, greatest one is, I need to attract this bear, so I'm going to wear a suit of meat.
0: <laughs> and oh, then he gets no. he
1: gets mauled by the bear, and then you kill the bear, and then he just gets up. It's <laughs> like,
0: man, that was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he's kind of the the Johnny Knoxville of Far Cry. I like that.
1: Oh, he he's great. Um, it it gave me so much like good feelings and laughs, and in every iteration, he's a little bit different, but he's basically the same kind of lovable guy. He's so racist, but he, I mean, his, his thing is can't name the last two presidents and doesn't even know the words to a Star-Spangled Banner, but loves guns and, and bombs. And are there,
0: far, are there Herc missions in four?
1: There's Herc it, missions in every single Far Cry. Okay. Except well, the, for, like, uh, two and one. Um, but yeah, he, uh, and that was the reason why you get uh, the classic edition is because that's the DLC, kind of. Like, you get the extra stuff from him for that.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to check out my copies of both Far Cry 3 and Far Cry 4 later. <laughs> uh, so, graphics and art style, I don't really have much to say. The motion capture performances are well done. Characters uh, are fine. I,
1: I, I mean, I can say something to that. Like, this is a game that came out in 2012. Like, there were a lot of very high-profile, big-budget games that did the same. And I think, well, the art style and the graphics are, it like really, really, really good for the time. That is something to be said. Is that they went above and beyond to make this look as realistic as possible.
0: I mean, we All were this... playing the remastered version, so I don't no, know if the PS3 not... version is um, necessarily would would necessarily look as good as this.
1: I guess you would be right, but this is uh, like the point of what I'm trying to. Get at is that they tried very hard to make this um, graphically excellent and they did a good job, like for the time, no matter what.
0: I think that's a good point, and I agree with your sentiment that, like, I I, I don't think that the remaster would have been as good if they had not gone the distance that they did initially. Yeah. Sound and music of this game, uh, I have some opinions on the voice acting. I think, I mean, I don't have too many other than like, uh,
1: I guess.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say that I it sounds like the guy who voices Jason did not have context for the scenes that he was recording. I think it's a really bizarre performance and I so much so that I thought that he was a like native French speaker who was giving an English performance with phonetic lines or something. But it turns out that he's a Canadian actor who's in a lot of like Canadian and American TV shows. And I couldn't have guessed that. So. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't have either. And
1: I wouldn't say, I mean, I, I didn't get that from his performance, but there is something a little bit off about Jason's performance. It's very performed. Like it feels less like you are immersed and you are playing as Jason and more like Jason is performing for you.
0: Yeah, and that might also be why um, uh, some of his character arc feels a little bit odd is that the, it feels like the performance is consistent from the beginning of the game like he always sounds sounds a little bit high strung yeah all the time uh the other thing is uh michael mando absolutely stellar performance guy brings his a game psychopath and is just severely absent from a lot of the game i had really 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 hoped that voss would give you submissions or like you would hang out with voss for a portion of the game. As much as boss is, like, all in the box and is, like, the selling point of this game, like, he's just not in very much of it, and I was disappointed by that. Yeah, that makes...
1: That makes sense. Like, I... I mean, I didn't finish uh, killing boss because I imagine <laughs> that... That, like you said, is how you get to the second island. But he's just not there. Like, you that is a thing that happens in a lot of the Far Cry games is you get to hear a lot about this dangerous evil person, but you don't actually get to know the dangerous evil person.
0: Well, in Far Cry 4, um, he's, he's always on the phone to you. He's always yep. calling you up and he's just like, Hey, Aj, uh, I just made dinner. How are you doing? And that was my favorite part of that game is that he's just nuts. Yeah, absolutely. And but at the, at the same time, I would say that Paga Min isn't like, truly nuts he's just incredibly eccentric that's true and i i wish that voss had called you on the phone in the same way i would have liked that
1: yeah but, i guess it uh, makes sense that he doesn't but still we can
0: dream yeah what what's he gonna do say like hey jason hey buddy what you been up to no he's 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 busier he's a psychopath pirate <laughs> yeah uh so uh i hear we arrive at kevin's sound gripe corner. Uh, the enemies have, like, ten lines of dialogue that they're always cycling through, and sometimes two different guards in the same area will the same say the exact same thing one, or, one after the other. Really, guys? Really? Yeah, I, I
1: mean... Yeah, I, I had a full-on discussion about this um, a week ago, about enemies and dialogue, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> what this came down to was, even if you're going to copy and paste an enemy you still gotta have more than ten lines of dialogue.
0: Yeah, every single one of the pirates complains about how it burns when he pees. Every single yeah, one. Yeah, every single one
1: of them. Like, I have not encountered a single pirate that is not <laughs> doing copious amounts of drugs.
0: Yeah, all of them say stuff like, uh, like, oh man, I'm still coming down from those pills, or it really burns when I pee, or my favorite, I could really use a cold one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like they're they're all all of them are walking around saying this island is so hot like yeah like (laughs) what are you like 10 minutes north of the equator and all of them are just like this island is so hot i could really go for a cold one (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah so that that's kind of all i have to say i thought the music in this game was really good especially during the, the story missions Agreed. Uh, so I actually just edited that Zero episode that we did yesterday, and it was interesting to hear that you say that this was the the game that you were most interested in to cover in our backlog, and would you say it met your expectations?
1: I would say that it did... Oh, man. I would say it didn't meet my expectations, but I did have really, really high expectations, and I shouldn't have. Um, the difference between this and Far Cry 4 are like they're pretty big even though it feels almost exactly the same like weirdly they were made only a couple of years away from each other so they do feel very very similar but the the fact that this just has all the problems that far cry 4 doesn't um kind of made me feel like i was just playing a, a worse version of far cry 4 which i know is not true but it, it felt that way for me.
0: Yeah, when you go and you play Far Cry 4, and you go backwards to this game, this game feels like a Far Cry 4 beta, and I would much prefer that it felt like a finished game in its own right. And it, it's, it's really hard to put your finger on why this game just doesn't feel as good. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, it is a finished game.
1: Like, you can, we played it for many, many hours, but it's just one of those where going backwards kind
0: kind of hurts the experience. Yeah, which is a shame, because I really like going back in catalogs. Like, when I pick up, like, the fourth entry in a game, I it always makes me curious, like, what did 2 and 3 look like? And yeah. I'm I'm just a little bit bummed. But at the end of the day, what can you do? I, I am glad that we played this. So uh, moving on to successes of the game. Did you have a favorite part? Anything with Herc. Uh, <laughs> like, th- that just...
1: It's so fun to do things with him, because you stop everything you're doing, To just go along with this man's madness. Like, like, you just, you go to an outpost and you just killed like seven people. You're liberating an island from the pirates. And then Herc just calls you over and he's like, hey, can you help me find my monkeys? And you're like, okay, yeah, sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I got the time for you, buddy. Yeah. My favorite parts were always the kind of like late game missions. Cause some of them, like, you'll assault bases that are like five or six times larger than the standard outpost. And, I just want stuff that just feels like really big outposts because that's the that's the best part of this experience. And, like, later in the game, you just get to blow your cover immediately. Like, you just start chipping enemies with your big guns and explosives. And because it's a story mission, it doesn't really matter. Like, you're going to get the same rewards anyway, so just play how you want to.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's kind of the nice thing about um, the structure of the missions themselves is that when you're not doing things that you yourself want to go out of your way to do, you kind of can play on a little bit easier difficulty.
0: I agree with that. That's a good summary of the Far Cry 3 gameplay experience. Uh, When the game is forcing you to do something, you can do it how you want. When you can do things the way that you want to, the game forces you to do them one way. Yep. And that one Uh, way usually ends with you
1: dying.
0: Yeah. From six inches. Which brings me to the worst part of this entire experience. Constantly dying because Jason tripped over his own shoelaces. Just get it together you stupid loser. How does falling off a one-story building kill you? So obnoxious. Yeah, <laughs> so that's... Obnoxious.
1: Oh, I agree. The worst part of this game is how the damage system actually played out. Like, there there were times where just two, two things together caused a death that I couldn't have responded to, right? Like, out of nowhere, uh, like, two animals just jump me while I'm in the middle of a fight. and like, okay, cool. And I didn't even start the fight. Just, like, I'm, I'm rolling down the street. I get shot by an enemy. I look at that enemy, and now my enemy is a tiger.
0: Yes. And it's... Uh, so some of the uh, animals in this game do a ludicrous amount of damage to you. Did you ever get hit by a goat? They take out, like, three health bars. It's crazy. Some yep. of the... Some of the stuff in this game, the damage output that they have is absolutely absurd. I died to more goats than I did to bears, for instance.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, when it comes to people shooting at me, rarely was I, like, dying as much as just walking to a place and some random thing happens that causes me to die.
0: Yeah, it causes Jason to trip and then he loses 17 bars of health immediately. Did you ever die as soon as you respawned
1: from yeah.
0: fall damage? Because yeah. Because it happens frequently. And yeah. seriously, I can't say this enough to the audience. Like you will never stop dying from falling in this game. And some some of the some of the proof of beating this game is that you made it this far without giving up from dying. Yeah. From falling. Did I
1: ever tell you um, my favorite thing that happened in Far Cry 4? To where I had to uninstall... I I was 75% done with a playthrough, and I had to uninstall the game and then delete the save file for the game to ever work again. Oh, no. Yeah, there was a point where um, I suplexed a man into oblivion, and I caused an infinite loop to happen where uh, I died because I clipped through the game. I was under the map and he was under the map and it would just constantly suplex him and then kill me and then loop that, like, happening. That's awful. That's like
0: Marche jumping out of the balance of the game. Yeah, it,
1: <laughs> it was just something that uh, no matter what I did, I, even if you uninstall and then reinstall, that save still exists, so you go back to it and you're just infinitely
0: <laughs> suplexing a man through the entirety of the map. Oh, man. The worst part of that is that you lose all of your progress, but the best part is that you get to play more Far Cry 4. So are you about ready to move on to our final thoughts, or have you got anything else you want to add? No, I'm good. Let's do it. Drumroll, is this game trash, or is this game treasure? Uh, we grade these on a scale of 1 to 5, where 1 is trash that belongs eternally at the bottom of your backlog, where you will forget about it. And five is Treasure That Belongs right at the top and you should play this game immediately. So how do you rate this game, Jordan?
1: I give it a solid three. And the reason why is because it is still a good game. It is fun in all of its regards. I personally don't say that it's better than the newer entries in the series, but it doesn't mean that it's not a good game still. And I think it is. It's got, sure, our gripes that we've had, but um, it's something that you should still play. The story is cool. The loop is fun. And
0: you, you would have a good time, but it's not something you need to play immediately. I agree with that. Uh, I also give this game a three. Uh, the good parts of this game are fun and entertaining, but I can't score it higher because the bad parts are just hateful and curdle my mood falling to death constantly doesn't put me in a good mood and losing boss fights over and over and over because one bus button press missed because the controls are unresponsive. No, thank you. Uh, So ultimately this game is more fun than it is frustrating. And I had a good time playing it once, when you get into the flow, if you like open world action games, this will put a smile on your face, but any other Far Cry game is just going to be a better buy in my opinion. Uh, Anything else you want to add Jordan? No, sir. Oh, actually, uh, I do.
1: Um, are you, my last comment about this is, after playing Far Cry 3, Kevin, are you excited for Far Cry 6?
0: Uh, yes, especially because we now get to uh, Breaking Bad universe uh, key actors performing in these. Uh, 100%. I want some Jargon Carlo Esposito in my life. <laughs> so maybe,
1: uh, maybe one day we put Far Cry 6 in our
0: backlog. Who knows? Yeah, well, I mean, it's not out yet, so it can't be in the backlog yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's the forward log. Yeah, the forward log, absolutely. So, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, We have accounts up on social media, so please find us online, and remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, We would love to hear your feedback. Uh, Our next episode's game is For the Frog, the Bell Tolls. Uh, I won't even try to pronounce the Japanese title. And this is our first Japanese-exclusive retro game that uh, we've gotten a hold of English Translations for. And it's the game that Link's Awakening was built out of, so I'm very interested to take an in-depth look at it. Uh, Jordan, do you want to spoil the awesome thing that you did to prepare for that episode? The awesome thing that I did to
1: prepare for Oh, that's right. So, um, I will be playing For the Frog, the Bell Tolls on Game Boy Color with my original Game Boy Color that I had from a kid, because, or from me being a kid, because there is a glorious community out there that likes to make reproduction carts out of things. And someone actually made the English patch translation for, for the frog, and then turned it into a cartridge. And it's very cheap. You can actually get them for like, five, six bucks. And I did. And I have it, it came super quickly. And it's, I've I played about an hour before the Frog now, and it's really, it's a cool experience. It feels like playing one of those old classic Game Boy games, but I don't have to play it in Japanese. So, yeah. super nice, and, and yeah, it's, it's going to be a cool experience, at least for me.
0: I think I'm already about halfway through, and folks, it's like playing Link's Awakening, but it's an RPG. And it's very weird. It's weird in a good way. Yep. Uh, so we hope that you had as much fun listening to this episode as we had recording it, and we hope that you tune in next time. Oh, Kevin, future Kevin, editing Kevin, you're so handsome. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>